Alright guys, welcome back to Unfamiliar Business Podcast. This is episode 6 and today I have the pleasure of having Bogdan and Matei, uh, the co-founders of The Blind Spot. Uh, the Blind Spot is a marketing company that focuses on digital billboards, if I'm correct, and they're going to be diving into this and today we're going to be going over a lot of stuff, a lot of interesting stuff and you know a lot of big projects that are coming up that they have in store for us. So uh I just want to start off with both of you guys. You know, this is a question I like to ask everybody I meet and everybody I have on the podcast as well. And it's, you know, who were you guys in high school? Like before <laughs> or high school or, you know, who were you guys when you guys were younger before the two co-founders that we see here today? Oh, oh. Jesus, go ahead. You no. start. <laughs> I'll start, but Bogdan has the better story. So I'll start just so we end it on a high note. Uh, I was the I was the boring guy in high school. So I was the guy who... Um, the only notable thing about me was that I was really fat until like until like second year or something like that of high school when I picked up basketball and I got really into it for a couple of years. So I lost a lot of weight. So by the time I went to college, I was kind of okay and had a bit of confidence. But other than that, I was just the nerdy guy that was playing games okay, and playing okay. chess and shit like that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I wasn't actually grew up playing chess as well. Yeah, that was me. Nothing... Yeah. Uh, uh, but hey, it worked out. We should play, man. I didn't know you played chess. Hundred percent. I'm actually yeah. getting back into it now. Me too. Don't yeah. cheat, though. Yeah. No <laughs> cheating. <laughs> no <laughs> cheating like he that. Gets, <laughs> he gets two screens. He puts one on the, you know, when he plays online, one on the little NPC playing against the computer yeah. is really good and copying all the moves. That's the move. But have you, know you seen? You do. There's a scandal now. Yeah, with uh, uh, Magnus. With, um, with Hans Niemann. Well, yeah, yeah. That he, Ma- when he won yeah, against when he Magnus, Magnus, he was cheating you know, supposedly. And you know how he was cheating. The, j- the joke. No, I don't know how he was cheating. It's hilarious. Um, he got caught cheating twice beforehand, correct? Yes, he yeah. did. Uh, he got uh, he got caught cheating twice. Apparently, there was another report now, and um, they figured out that he apparently cheated in hundreds of games over the years. Wow. But the running joke now is that the way he cheated with uh, Magnus was that he had anal beads that would vibrate There's to no tell him to move. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness, that's crazy! Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And you even see, you even see uh, other grandmasters like he, uh, streamers, you know, like Hikaru and others. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make, I've seen the videos. Yeah, make jokes about this, and they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like in a, they're like in a situation where they don't know what to do, and they go like, ah, some beats would be really nice right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched her videos. Hikaru is, uh, he's, he's so insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's crazy because Magnus is like the best in the world and he's been the best for the last 10 15 years and there's nobody he's probably the greatest of all time if you look at chess right and Hans Neiman beat him recently in in that game and everybody started saying like okay, he's cheating Magnus left pissed he mm. left the tournament and the the crazy thing about it is I, I know the two times that he was confirmed cheating was online though I don't know yeah. how you would be able to I mean I don't know if that's a joke or if there's any like actual truth to that but how would you be able to like cheat in those tournaments in person. Yeah, apparently the way they're saying is that uh, either uh, the strategy was leaked, so it was kind of okay. insider trading kind of situation, which can happen in chess, right? Yeah, you yeah. do have a game plan. Um, or that he had some sort of Morse code kind of thing that somebody was, you know, telling him stuff from the background in a very... Yeah. Uh, b- um, in, in a way, you couldn't really pick it up unless yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. But yeah, he's... Realistically, the odds of that happening... Yeah, it's really small. It's yeah. really small. That, yeah, yeah, of him actually cheating, correct? It's yeah. Apparently, he did play very differently compared yeah, to how yeah. he usually plays. So exactly. that's kind of the main argument behind it. Yeah. But it's hard to tell. And yeah, same story. I really don't know how you would be able. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the bees thing is a joke. Like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> or who knows in today's age? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, to recap, the boring guy in uh, in okay. high school. Uh, okay. I I picked up in college. Until then, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, awesome. I was the jackass. I was <laughs> snowboarding and surfing and motorcycles and okay. fast cars. Yeah. That was doesn't like my high school mantra was like do everything you want to do because life happens after that. Yeah, so you were the badass in high school. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He was getting all the girls. He was getting all the girls in high school. Uh, br- and breaking all the bones, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Where did you guys uh, grow up? Uh, Romania. I grew up in a small town in Transylvania. Okay. Um, like, actually, 30 miles away from where Dracula, Dracula was, I was about to say. born. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was fun. It was a nice place to grow up. That's awesome. Yeah, Romania as well, Romania uh, as well, if you can tell by the accent. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Bucharest, so I grew up in the okay. capital. I'm, uh, okay. I'm one of the few city kids because in in Romania most people are not from the city, you know. So a lot of them have moved uh, moved into the city, and um, uh, my mom was one of the people that grew up in Bucharest, and I also grew up in Bucharest. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You know, Romania is pretty big right now because uh, a lot of people are talking about Eastern Europe, and especially because Andrew Tate is located over there, yeah. and he's you know like. <laughs> gone famous for either good or bad but what do you guys think of andrew tate i want to ask you before you and get into interesting character you know i mean um an interesting story uh if you look down on it it's well one of the success stories of marketing right uh, skyrockets uh, growth now on the subject <laughs> depends actually. yeah yeah I, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's brilliant at getting people to talk about him, which a lot of people do, right? And it is that is a skill in itself. Uh, and it's it's a real talent or skill to be able to figure out what pop, what segment of the population feels underrepresented uh, underrepresented. What's the word for it? Sorry, underrepresented. Uh, underrepresented um, in the in the media, the same way that Trump did back in the day, right? So you knew that you had kind of old school people that felt that they weren't heard at all. So he came and gave them a voice, yep. right? Debatable if the topic was right and the platform and everything, but those people felt heard. So that's why he was successful when he was. And I think it's the same thing with Andrew. A lot of people feel that they um, they feel that they've been um, kind of um, not being, they weren't really taken care of by the media and by the uh, agenda if you want so then andrew came in and he said hey you guys are right you know it's okay to think that it's okay to say that and they gave them a they gave them a reason to kind of you guys who because yeah you've got 20 different controversies in a minute that's the thing (laughs) if you do it a lot and the thing is the majority of the majority of people who uh, really follow him and are true fans and are part of his hustle academy and all that are people who haven't really had a chance, you know, to do anything in life. And this is kind of their first opportunity. And it's either that or, and they, they're hoping for a fast track to success, right? Because uh, I just saw a picture before we came in here and there was a guy that uh, was dressed like Andrew with the dress, you know, with the cool Lamborghini behind him <laughs> and all that. And then there was... You, the Bugatti. The Bugatti, exactly. Um, and then on the other side, there was a guy with a really oversized suit, like a, a CPA. He looked like a CPA. And the text said something like, 
if you want to hire a financial advisor, hire the guy in the oversized. And this suit. was like marketing yeah. post that he posted. Uh, not him, not him. I saw oh. it somewhere. Yeah. No, somebody else, right? Somebody else. Okay, yeah, because okay, okay, the okay, point gotcha. is, a lot of the time, people yeah, who yeah, kind yeah. of you know flaunt their wealth, they do it because they want to get attraction, uh, get attention to themselves, not no, because yeah, they actually course. have some marketing yeah, 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 skills. Yeah. You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, my opinion on him, like, is. I don't agree with all the things he says. I disagree with a lot of things. Like, for example, I don't think that, you know, having a bunch of girlfriends and wives, you know, is the the way I would not lead my life and live that way, right? I don't think that's the way to fulfill my life to the best of my abilities and, like, t- to fulfill my happiness. If he does it, so, like, so be it. That's that's his world. But at the same time, I I really hate that he got canceled, my opinion, Right, because even if you disagree with someone, I don't yeah. think you should cancel anybody. I believe in free speech. I believe everybody should have speech, even if it's something you completely disagree with and you think is wrong. Right? If he's there, you know, and he's allowed to talk about all the things he does, there's gonna be somebody else. And if you disagree with him, you can talk about it in your space, right? And you can talk against what he's saying. So I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I don't think he should be canceled. I don't think he should have been canceled. I think there's people that say far worse things, and have not been canceled. But one of the things I do admire, which is something you talked on, uh, Bogdan, is the way he came to fame and that marketing uh, strategy that he used, right? Yeah. Which in, on TikTok, for example, he got all these people that were in his Hustlers University to make these TikTok accounts and post content about him, right? And uh, in that content, right, he was saying things, which is why he's hated a lot, because he was saying things in the most controversial way possible. Because he knew that was going to go viral. Mm-hmm. He posted that out there. And he had all his students and his Hustler University post that all over the place. And that's what started going viral. Because it was extremely controversial topics. And he knew that. That's why he did that, right? And um, I, I think that's a genius idea, genius plan, what he did. And I, I can admire that part of it and still disagree with certain things that he says, right? Um, have you guys had any billboards about uh, Andrew, about the Top G? couple of requests uh, from some of his followers fans okay um, but um, most of them were actually not approved by the billboard owner okay because it, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. it was literally in the middle of the scandal like you said listen I don't agree with canceling people but um, um, some of the billboards are actually rejected because they were like I, <laughs> I, we literally don't want to be in the middle of this, and you know the billboard will always show up and stand off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and coming back to the the canceling stuff, um, what you were mentioning, I think that's kind of the hypocrisy of uh, today's uh, I don't know public speech. You know, uh, everybody's fighting for freedom, for rights, for whatever, as long as you agree with me. If you have a different view, I'd rather cancel you than talk talk openly about it. Yeah. You know, you know that, that that's one of the things I hate about, uh, if you go to the extreme left, right, if you mm. go to the liberal, liberal left, it's, you know, if you disagree with me, you're either a racist, you're this, you're a misogynist, you're this, you're that, you're this, and it's always just attacking, right? And the reason that they do that is because that takes away your credibility to be able to discuss an argument against the other side, correct? So it's like you disagree with me, and because of the fact that you disagree with me, you're this. Now, since you're this, you should not have a voice, 
correct? So they're placing that on purpose to take your voice away from you. And that's that, that's one thing that I disagree with, right? The, the, and I'm not talking about all the people on the left, all the liberals. There's liberals that would not do that. There's liberals sure. that are, they believe in their beliefs and they're willing and want to discuss it freely. And I respect that completely, right? I think the best way to get to the truth, which is what people should be getting at, is to have two people from opposite sides discuss freely and not attack each other, but discuss their ideas and their beliefs openly. Yeah, but that's a challenge because the middle ground is the right way, and I agree with that 100%. Yeah. You should find middle ground, but it's not as, um, it doesn't attract as much attention as exactly. controversy, right? Because exactly. you want to see someone being an extreme left or right wing uh, radical. If someone's like, hey, we should talk about it, and they are right, that's not necessarily something that will create good yeah, content yeah. that a lot of people will follow. You'll have... Again, it's not going to go viral. Like you said. Yeah. Um, you know, we're coming from Romania, right? Mm. And Romania had one of the toughest socialist uh, communist regimes in the world. Uh, some people know about Ceausescu and the, the entire history. Um, what baffles me, because, you know, living in America and hearing this uh, and watching all the controversy and all the scandals about canceling and like you said you don't matter your opinion doesn't matter and dude i agree uh, to it up to a point but coming from romania uh we actually saw and know people that went to jail and did political prison which was tough as heck by the way can we curse yeah you can curse you can curse you can say whatever you want no, you know, uh, political it's free speech here. If, <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank so, God. If somebody actually goes to Romania, I actually encourage them to go check out uh, check out the political prisons. You can visit them. Yeah. Some of them are museums. They're they're fucked up. And, yeah, yeah. And see the stories of what it means to have your voice canceled. You know, yeah. That's a dangerous slope. I think we as people, if, uh, you know, the vast majority of the people are on the neutral, on the middle ground. 100%. Right? I agree with some parts of that, some parts of that. The extremes don't actually matter. They're just the ones that yell. Um, but I, I think it's actually on us to not let it get to a point where you cannot express your views or opinions because that's dangerous, yeah. Look at su- stuff that happened 40 years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. People still live that went to p- prison just because they had a different opinion than the ones in power or the ones that yelled larger. Uh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 louder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's, uh, that's actually where the focus should be. We should try to stop uh, letting people uh, get away with canceling anything you know 100% even more than canceling you know uh, this reminds me of the time when I came when I came to New York first time because that's when I initially moved in the US and and everyone told me New York is tough you know New York is New York will be real with you right there's no sugarcoating it Uh, people in New York are the toughest motherfuckers in the uh, in the US Um, and I grew up in Romania Romania is very upfront mm-hmm. people will tell you what they don't like about you not necessarily in an aggressive way but you'll know Respect. right yeah not really but not <laughs> <laughs> not respectfully but not you know not with any, with not with aggression but you'll know if someone likes you or not so people if they don't want to do business with you they'll tell you or you'll immediately know 
so I came in, I came to New York and when everybody was telling me, this is not LA, you know, this is not, we don't need to be PC here. This is, and then I was like, oh, this is perfect. And I started being my Romanian self, you know, saying yeah, what being I actually, up. yeah, being straight up and saying what I think. And after a, a month or so, I realized this is not going to work because everybody, <laughs> I would see, I would see it on their faces when I started talking. I mean, like, you know, my opinion is, and then I would, you know, say my honest opinion about something, which again, it's not an extreme opinion. It's like, Everybody is right in a certain regard. You know, it was a yeah. moderate opinion. They would go, they would, you know, their eyes would widen and they would be like, okay, this guy needs to shut up. <laughs> and then I realized, okay, so it's not really free speech anymore. You know, you, like Bogdan was saying, you need to, it's free speech as as long as you adhere to some, you know, yeah, common to topics. and To the agenda. To the agenda, yeah, which can be on one side or the other. Exactly. Which, that yeah. doesn't work. And that will, like, I totally agree with Bogdan that that will end up, in a bad place in time if we don't address it one way or another. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, and we see what happens. Yeah. It's not like the, the number one problem of today's generation and uh, the whole social media and public forums is that people don't actually know shit about what the fuck they're talking about. No, 100%. Yeah, I agree. Everybody has an opinion about everything. Yeah. Dude, why? You read it on Twitter? Somebody tweeted something and that's how you're fucking enlightened about anything? Oh, yeah. dude, come on. And this is, and I think this is the reason that people today are, I mean, if you look at where people are placing their ears mm. and their eyes, right, where they're looking at, and it, it's mainly like if you see podcasts, for example, you look at Joe Rogan, you look at a guy like Patrick Bet David, right? Mm -hmm. These people are creating platforms to allow free speech, and they're bringing people from both sides of the aisle yeah. to be able to talk. Right, and that's what people are tr attracted to. That's what people actually want to see, right? And that's why they're just growing and growing and growing, and are going to continue growing. And they're extremely necessary, right? And that that's that's one of the things I admire those people. And you know, it's I, I love watching them because uh, you you can see both sides. Now you can understand both sides clearly, and you can say, okay, I agree with this, don't agree with this. I fit here in this middle ground, or I don't. You know, and I think that's the perfect point. You should follow people you don't a hundred percent agree with. Yeah. You know, if it's someone that everything that they say you totally agree with them, that means you're not learning anything, and you're just kind of you know seeking confirmation basically. You're, you're in like an echo chamber. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a digital world. Yeah. And you're you are going to create your echo chamber, live in it. But it's up to each and everybody to get out. At yeah, least yeah. from time to time, dude, just go yeah. see what the other person is saying without busting a fuse. Yeah, without prejudging them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's what a lot of people do. You know, like I've, I've talked to a certain girls, for example, and ju I've just, Andrew Tate just gets brought up, like mm. all of a sudden. They're like, oh, I hate that guy. And I'm like, why? And he, have you heard anything he's ever said? I, I mean, if you have... And and you hate him, yeah. But they go, no, I, I just know he's a misogynist. I go, okay. Yeah. But it's like you're prejudging somebody just because of what you hear around you. That's an echo chamber. Yeah. That's what that is. That's what that creates. And you want to feel validated by your peers. Yeah, you yeah. Know, everyone around you is saying, oh, that guy is, uh, that guy is, um, uh, is a dick or he's unfair. It's or peer pressure. Exactly. You know, and then you're like, it's the same thing in business, right? You hear about someone who maybe is a tough employer, you know, and everyone then talks and t says, oh, that guy is a tough employer. But 99% of those people have not actually worked with that person so they yeah. can verify that, yeah, that guy is tough or that guy is not fair or that guy is whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, regarding Andrew Tate, I'm actually super curious, like, in his personal life. 
right when the camera and the phone yeah when away. it's off what yeah. what's his views on everything then you know when it doesn't uh, go viral it doesn't get like on a one-to-one -one talk that's uh, that's my curiosity because I'm pretty sure uh, at least some of his views and his opinions are for the Yeah, I think it's for the views, for exactly. the hype. You know, I, I agree with that completely. Yeah, or it's the same, but he just puts it in a more you know toned down matter, manner. Because you can yeah. you can express an opinion in a way that you know more people will agree with you, or you can express it in a way that's more aggressive and that will push people away. And I think he's really good at that. You know, taking opinions that a lot of people share, but just sh changing the way he frames it so some people get yeah to anger it. people exactly. and to yeah, you know yeah. of course yeah. But there's a lot of people right now that, for example, people dislike or people prejudge. Like that was for example, you look at Trump. Trump was prejudged by mm -hmm. many, uh, many people as well. Or you look at, you know, very controversial figures. People that have never heard a word they say have an opinion. Like you guys were saying, like yeah. everybody has to have an opinion but doesn't know anything about yeah. the subject. Yeah. Right? Or even like if you, if, if you look at the terms capitalism or socialism, for example, people don't even know what the heck capitalism is or socialism is, but they have an opinion on them. Yep. Right, people that are not educated at whatsoever into what these subjects are have an opinion. Oh, capitalism—that's terrible. Or yeah. socialism. Even people from the other side, socialism—that's terrible. And that's just because they have no opinions themselves. They haven't done the research themselves. They're just going by what they've been told by other people. I wish we had like a for every topic have like a gauge that says, okay, your understanding of the topic from zero to a hundred. Right? Let's say 100, you're yeah, an expert. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you should be able to you know, issue an opinion only when you're at at least 25%. Yeah, you know, yeah, when you've, and yeah, from yeah, that yeah. point forward, okay, fine. But a lot of people, it's like you said, they've only heard the word in certain echo chambers like capital or co communism. And I see this a lot, like um, especially here in the U.S., especially a lot of liberals have opinions about communism and young people, right? So we're talking yeah, people yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. are not schooled on the topic matter. They're even like, if they are. Yeah, even yeah. if they are, yeah. Um, and they talk about communism and they talk, oh, communism is okay. I mean, some parts of it, look, everyone's fair because basically universal yeah. basic income and going down Everybody's road, equally poor. <laughs> everyone's equally poor. Everybody's equally broke. And everybody's then, equally starving. Yeah, and it's the, it's the famous quote with some people are more equal than others. Yeah. Because if you grew up in a communist country and you see, and Bogdan grew up during communism, I grew up immediately after and I still see, see the after effects. It's it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's not something that gets fixed, you know, okay, the Berlin Wall fell and now we're good. No, we're not. It takes yeah. a couple of generations of to even see some change. And then you realize that that kind of mangles a nation because people... People will still behave that like they're in a survival mode, but exactly. but they won't really f and they won't focus on building something. They'll just focus on okay, what do I need to do to get through the day, to get through the month? And that's the mindset of the majority of Romanians. Yeah, yeah. Not because they don't have enough money or food to put on the table. But it was instilled in them. Exactly, but that's the mindset. It's like I need to think about next month. What can I do today to get more money next month? Yeah. yeah. Listen, communism sounds. Really, really good on paper. It's a know? beautiful ideology. Yeah. If you read Karl Marx, like exactly. I've read that, uh, Das Kapital, or you read the Communist Manifesto, it's those words are beautiful. Exactly. That's and it seems like, but it's a utopia. It's not yeah. real. Yeah. It, it's impossible. What, uh, what history actually shows us that communism has only one direction and only yeah. one result. That's somebody abusing the power. Of course. Yeah. Let's 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 be honest. Let's look at every communist country. You have the supreme leader. Yeah. Actually, that 
defies the meaning of communism. Yeah. There should not be a supreme yeah, leader. Yeah, yeah. There should not be a class on top of a class. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. But that's where you end up. Yeah. And uh, the crazy thing too is, you know, the reason communism will never be able to work is because it's a it's a controlled, you know, um the state itself, right, which is a few people control all the all the goods and services and they distribute them. Mm. And they don't have the capacity to do that. They don't have the understanding to do that. That's why people starve. That's why there's never enough food in communist countries. That's why there's never enough goods, right? That's one of the reasons as well. Also that there's no motivation for employees to work. There's no motivations for businessmen to innovate and create new products or make more food or, you know, create surpluses of products. There's no incentives to do that as well. But at the same time, for example, like it's the reason that capitalism works is because everything is based on the individual doing what he wants to do for himself mm. as long as he does not get in the way or hurt another person in the process, right? Yeah. So that the, when you look at free trade, right, it's, all right, I produce apples, right? I, I produce apples, I'm going to produce enough apples for me to eat, and then the surplus, I'm going to trade for other goods well, to, to somebody else to, to, to get an exchange for that, right? If you look at the state, so I'm doing that for myself. You might be producing another product. Right, essentially that's what it is, right? Except now it's you gotta add money. You're working for an employer, but you're working for an mm. employer to produce a good or a service, which is getting sold to somebody else or whatever. And that that's the way it works. When you're looking at communism or socialism, it's now the state saying, okay, we're gonna produce this amount of apples and we're gonna distribute it to everybody. How can you make that number? How do you know the right amount of apples? How do you know how many apples people need today? How many they're gonna need? It's insane. It's just Plus logical. Every yeah. every Another trait of uh, communism is that every planning and every report is fake. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the the whole point is you want to secure and grow in your position of power. Um, so you're going to bullshit the ones above you that, yeah. hey, man, we collected this many apples. Yeah, we're doing great. Yeah, we're doing yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything gets piled up and the the guy on top of you will come and add another percentage there to exactly. see the exactly. performance. So the message when it ends up to be uh, being on top, it has nothing to do with yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah. You have one apple that suddenly became an entire warehouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And central central planning, the, the thing about communism too is like central planning has never worked in any of the communist countries. And the way you can tell is if it would have worked, there would have never been a black market created. And in every communist country, there has always been a black market created. Black yeah. market created basically just means citizens said, enough of this, I cannot, like, get it, I'm not going to get what I need from the government, so I'm going to have to trade illegally with other people for the goods that I need. And that's cre that's been created in every single communist country. That, like, free trade, that's what that is. The black market in that place is just illegal free trade because free, tra free trade has been made illegal. Right, and it happens in every single one because that's what the people need. It's not a matter of want; it's w that that's what's needed for a country to run. That being said, um, I do think that uh, we really need to rethink our government systems because I think the traditional democracy is is uh, a bit dated right now. Uh, we do need to take into consideration the power that social media is. is the power that uh, to influence and to disseminate information in very targeted ways 
honestly, what I believe is that everything government related. So, first of all, I believe in small and nimble governments that just take care of certain tasks. Yeah. The rest should be left to the people Private because they, they do a lot better than a government. And I was with the government for five years. I <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, second of all, when it comes to government and NGOs and the UN and ev- everything like that should be 100% transparent and public. So you get $100, what happens with each yeah. and every... Where did that money cent? go? Exactly. Exactly. Why do you have a trillion-dollar economy and you don't have proper health care or good roads? Yeah. Or what happens with all the money? You know? It's fair point on Elon with... Um, uh, World Food Program. Yeah, with the uh, uh, World Health Organization, right? Exactly. The WHO, I think. I, I really, <laughs> I would yeah, yeah, really yeah. like to see the spending on. Listen, there's yeah, yeah. there's all these years and decades where people have donated money for Africa, and people are still starving. Yeah, yeah. How the fuck do you get that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for for the people that don't know um, what he's talking about, I think this was maybe a year ago or a year and a half okay. ago. Uh, the World Health Organization uh, was attacking billionaires and they decided to attack Elon Musk. And what they said was, I, I forgot the exact percentage, but I think it was something like 10%. With 10% of Elon Musk's net worth, we can solve world hunger. That was their claim on Twitter. And Elon Musk responded saying, okay, fine, I'll give you the 10%. But give me a plan, show me exactly how you're going to spend every single dollar of this 10% and solve world to, to solve world hunger and I'll give you the money. They didn't respond. Yep. So that's your answer. And, you know, it's, uh, that, that's government for you. You know, it's, we have the solution to everything. But in reality, they have no plan. The, the, the majority of the time, right? Like when you, when you look at stuff like that. I agree, too. I think small government, you know, and leaving stuff to the people. Because at the end of the day, the government is people, right? It's, the government should be for the people. And it should be taking care of people's freedoms, right? It should be just protecting people's freedoms and providing the services yeah that the private sector cannot provide, and that's very few. And they should have enough incentives, so their first uh, their first mindset w- shouldn't be, okay, how do we get reelected, or how do yeah. we you know, stay in power? Because that's unfortunately the mindset a lot of the time, of especially course. with elections coming up. Instead of focusing on actually building something that can last, they're going to be like, okay, what can we do now that will you know, get some press, g- make people happy, so we get a, a higher chance of getting reelected and then yeah. carrying on whatever we want to do. So I agree that, that a lot of things need to change for it to work. But unfortunately, I don't think they will actually significantly change during our lifetime at least because they're kind of pretty set in stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's a double-edged sword there because it's like w- when you look at that, right, there's term limits, mm-hmm. there's short terms here. Uh, th- that has its pros and its cons, correct? Because if you look at it, it's like I want to get reelected in the next – if you're a president, for example, I want to yeah. get reelected in the next four years, right? So I'm going to do things that are short-term minded. Right, they might not be the best things for the country. The country might need long-term minded things, which are not going to be realized in my term. Okay, and that's the best thing for the country in the long term, right? And so, if I do those things, my chances of getting reelected are going to decrease. Yeah. But if I go, and I do the short-term things, which are, might have long-term bad effects, but have good short-term effects, 
then I will get reelected. And those are the decisions that are being made. But at the same time, this is where it's a double-edged sword. If you extend term limits or you lengthen them, Mm -hmm. then there might be a person, a tyrannical person in power for a far longer time. And it could be a dictator, right? Or it could be if if you cut term limits. What makes what stops somebody from turning into somebody like I mean like Chavez in Venezuela or you know a, a person like that a tyrannical leader that can stay there for longer that's the reason that term limits are in place yeah 100%. so it's hard to find that solution hundred percent but why don't we treat it like employment because at the end of the day they, they work for us right yeah, that's yeah. the whole that's the whole ethos about it like yeah yeah, yeah so should be kind of in a similar mindset I don't don't need exact numbers if you should set I don't know six years or ten years yeah. or whatever but the mindset should be okay you're employed to work for your people yeah in whatever country you are the US or anywhere else you have some KPIs that's the way we hire people right yeah. so we're like okay you have a you have a trial period we're gonna test it out for a, in this case would be for a couple of years so you can see some change if things work out we're gonna do it on an ongoing basis but yeah if you fuck up you're gone you're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. No, I, I mean, listen. In, in politics, at least, there's uh, there is a way to do important stuff. Yeah. You have consensus between the major parties that form a parliament or a congress and stuff like that that span across election terms. Yeah, yeah. Education, of course. That's of course. a that's a national priority. Get a plan and stick with that plan for that subject. It doesn't matter who's president, who's congressman, who's no, senator. Yeah, yeah. Just stick with it and fix it. It may take 10, 20 years. I don't care. But I think there's some points we can find agreement on that Agreed. are important. Yeah. You know? The problem here is it's the same in marketing. The a joke, uh, the same in, and the reason I make this uh, comparison is for big brands, and I used to work for a lot of big brands when I used to work in agencies, and the running joke was like, when does somebody ask, when does the brand strategy change? You know, when does the marketing strategy change? And someone told me back then, every time a new marketing director comes, because <laughs> they have to change it, because otherwise there was no reason for them to be hired. You know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. nine out of 10 times when a new head of marketing comes in a company, they're going to be like, oh, Coca Cola, you used to focus on distribution as a core part of your marketing? No, you have to focus on brand. And then they start dumping tens of millions, hundreds of millions into brand, they maybe have a tenure of like, I don't know, five to six years. And then someone else comes and says, focus on marketing. Yeah, we need distribution. We're not in supermarkets. We're not in stores. Look, Pepsi has taken over this, this, and this market and they have more distribution. And then it changes again. (laughs) That's why it's kind of, you know, two steps forward, one step back. It's not not like, uh, you've heard what Japan does. Japan has, their long-term is, you know, 100 years, mm-hmm. 50 to 100 years. That's their long-term plans, right? And they look at the short-term, 20 years or less. So th- that's very long-term mindset, right? And so, does, uh, so does Dubai. I mean, um, so spent, does, yes. uh, spent about two years there uh, before New York. And that's right. We were, you guys lived in Dubai as well, right? Yeah, and we were part of, uh, of a program that the Prime Minister's Office put together called, uh, called uh, 2071. So... They have a very aggressive plan, which they're putting into effect to be one of the number one powers, uh, top powers in the world by 2071. Yeah. And that means education, technology, infrastructure, science. Production. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And they're doing it, but it's a long, long it's term, a long-term plan. plan. And yeah. they're sticking to it. Of you course. Know? That's, that's the most important thing. You, know, you got to stick to it. Because a lot of things you're not going to realize until years, years, years later. 
right? Things that you're doing now, that infrastructure you're creating is going to get realized yeah. far later. This is an unpopular opinion, but I think that kind of structure, because we were talking about what the government should look like, and in Dubai's case, that's not the democracy, right? Yeah. The difference is, though, and I think that is something that could work, is this is the way we play around here. You know, this is the structure of our city-state. If you don't like it, you're open to leave. You know, if you're not, if you can play ball and you feel this isn't right for you, go to another place that, you know, represents your values. Yeah, yeah. but that, that would mean a return to the city-states. Yeah, but as long as it's open, you know, and you don't keep people there, and it's because the problem with Romania and communism, for example, is you couldn't leave even if you wanted to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they hold you there. Yeah, as long as you're open and they give you the economical means to leave as well, because, yeah, sure, you can say, oh, you're you're free to leave, but you're getting paid two bucks an hour. <laughs> then, yeah, 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 you're yeah, not yeah. really free to leave, are you? Yeah. So as long as you do have enough economic opportunity for you to start uh, your life in another country, I feel that's something that could work for a lot of people. It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all. But I think that could solve a lot of solutions. Yeah. A lot of problems. Yeah. All right. Well, enough with the politics. We haven't <laughs> even talked about your business yeah. at all. So uh, can you guys tell me a little bit about the blind spot and what you guys do uh, for the viewers so they can, you know, get familiarized with what you guys do and your business? So uh, we work with digital billboards and signs like all types of screens, mobile airports, highway billboards, Times Square and stuff like that. And we do a very simple uh, thing. We built a platform where anybody from anywhere in the world can log in, sign up, log in, select the billboard, and we kind of standardized what you're buying. So it, no matter the screen, the market, the whatever, you're buying the same stuff. You're buying an hour with 10 plays inside that, that hour. Um, that was actually extremely tough because you would go and everybody would sell different. Like, this is the frequency, this, that, you don't understand. So we try to take this industry that's highly specialized and usually people that know what the fuck they're doing and know all the acronyms and um, they talk gibberish and it was reserved to them and open it up for everybody so that it's affordable for anybody to be on a billboard. That's our mission. And it's fair, you know. So the reason we built this was that back in the day, we were working on another uh, startup and we wanted to buy a billboard for a few hours just for a marketing stunt. And we actually knew the guys who owned the billboard. And we went to them, it was a digital billboard. And we asked them, okay, how much for a few hours on the billboard? And they said, oh, I can't sell you a few hours. I have to sell you a week. And we asked, well, why a week? Cause are you sold out? Because, okay, if you're sold out, it makes sense because it's like airplane tickets, you know. You're going to mark it up and sell it for more. And... It was no, we're like at 50% occupancy. So we're not really sold out. I just don't have the legal infrastructure. I need to give you an account manager, which I pay, and he is going to spend hours with you because we have like this process to go through it. And it doesn't make sense and if you're going to pay part. me. And the technical part. Yeah. And if you're going to pay me 50 bucks for it, it's not, even yeah. our conversation now is not worth 50 bucks, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it doesn't make sense. And then it kind of hit us. Is this a worldwide problem? And if it is, how complicated it is to automate it and just say, you know, I want a short-term buy. I don't want the headache. If I want to do a six-month campaign, yeah, go to an agency. You need to negotiate. You need to get the proper plan in place. But if you know specifically what you want or at least where you want it and you're like, I need it for anything under a week, there, there was no solution for this. And we started building the platform. And like Bogdan said, it is such a mess because these are all legacy companies. So their infrastructure is 
very old school and very different. So there's no way to standardize it the way banners are standardized online, right? Yeah. Because yeah. everyone sends different types of files, different type of requests, different type of infrastructure, everything. So we ended up standardizing that. We now we started with two billboards in Romania. Now we have about half a million billboards all over the world. Wow. Um, yeah, and started uh, started marketing it pretty aggressively over the past two years in the U.S. and it's grown a lot. And we're happy to get like we have somewhere over six thousand people now that use the platform. So where do you have uh, some of the billboards? I know you have some in Times Square, correct? And Virtually every every digital billboard in the U.S. You, you can ninety percent ninety three percent of them are connected to our platform. So if you see a digital billboard, it's most likely available on our platform okay. as well. Anything That's from awesome. yeah, anything from highway billboards to uh, transit to malls to the taxi tops, the digital taxi tops on top of the Ubers and stuff like that. All of Times Square, almost all of Times Square to be fair. Um, virtually we, we got the blimp now. You know about the blimp. We're getting yeah, our yeah, first we're going to talk about yeah. that. And we're getting our bit. first yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, flying billboard as well. That's awesome. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So th- this is great for small businesses, right? That wanna that might not have had access to billboards before, right? Because of w- what you guys were talking about—the week, well, the month limits. That's exactly our yeah. uh, target customer: uh, small businesses, startups, people that can't afford an agency, couldn't afford up until uh, up, up until this point to be on a billboard, and basically were there for everybody and. Um, make it also transparent you know? yeah yeah and you also get the, the cool thing about in uh, uh, regarding transparency is that if you do manual if you do a manual contract with a uh, with an agency you don't really know what's playing you get a play report at the end of the but it's an excel sheet yeah. with us you see plays in real time so you can actually log on the platform and see what's playing and what isn't because if something has a technical issue you'll see that it's not playing and obviously you'll not pay for that you're going to be credited back so that's super valuable and yeah, in terms of in terms of uh, people that use this, we've seen the most success with companies who can who have kind of figured out their marketing message. So they've experimented a bit with digital marketing. They've kind of figured out what their audience reacts to, and they're at the at the point in which they've started um, diversifying their marketing. They're yeah. like, okay, I've done some Facebook ads. I want to do some video content now. I want to do some direct marketing. What about billboards? And they usually end up working with us because they're like, oh, this is a p- perfect environment to test stuff. Because yeah. if you have to spend 50K to test something, it doesn't make sense for a lot of companies. That's way too much. That might be their marketing budget for half a year, you know? But if you have to, if you can spend anywhere from a few hundreds to a few thousands to be in Times Square, then that's worth it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's another thing. We actually don't believe in the old ways of doing billboards, right? Where you take an image, tape it there for six months, forget it exists, and expect stuff to happen. It doesn't. Uh, we actually believe that if you treat this channel just like you treat YouTube, just like you treat TikTok or Instagram, and actually create content for it, which means creating different content for a billboard in New York than for one in LA, yeah, different content for different times of the day, for the demographic. For exactly. Your ad will perform. And we actually have campaigns that shows ridiculous uplift uh, when they were built like that. Yeah. You know? So that's that's one of the reasons, for example, why if you go to our platform, you will never be able to book more than 30 days because we are actually trying to enforce that, dude, change your content. I don't care that you're Coca-Cola or whatever brand. I 
we need to stop naming brands, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or get a sponsorship no. from them. <laughs> no, Coca-Cola, sponsor me. Sponsor the podcast, please. We're literally going to take it serious that we have something against uh, them. Coca-Cola, we don't have anything against them. We work with them. We have actually worked with them. Yeah. I was actually yeah. going to ask you as a question regarding Coca-Cola. I was thinking it in the back of my head right now. I'm, I'm dead serious. I was going to ask you guys, like, what, what do you guys think? How important do you guys think that marketing is? For a business, for example, if you see Coca-Cola, they market extremely heavily, even though everybody already knows their product, mm -hmm. right? They're still on the Super Bowl uh, commercials. They're still on a ton of billboards, a ton of digital billboards, right? And I feel that I have gone, walked down a street, seen a billboard or seen an ad of Coca-Cola and said, I'm thirsty. I want a yeah, Coke yeah. and go to the store and buy a Coke. I've done that before, and I've recognized it after I go, well, that's genius. You know, the more you see it, you know? Yeah. Coke so how, how, yeah, how important do you think that is? Um, I just want to answer the Coke. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of their whole marketing uh, marketing stories. Uh, there, there's this example, because a lot of people ask this, like, why are you investing in marketing? Why are you at an all-time high in terms of spend, uh, not including COVID and all that? And um, a former CMO for, uh, for Coke uh, once said, you don't stop pumping kerosene into the airplane when it's at 10,000 feet. Yeah. Because it's going to plummet, you know, and especially in a competitive market like theirs, like the, the, soda, the soda market is insane right now. You have probably hundreds of DTC companies coming out every month. Ultra competitive. Yeah, and with alternatives to Coke, you know. And basically what they're aiming for is, and that's the, the, the case for most uh, food brands, it's share of stomach. Right, so it's because it's not market share; it's share of stomach. So, how much of the liquid that you're consuming in a day is Coca-Cola, and it can always be more. Nice, <laughs> nice way problem. to look at it. Yeah, yeah. The the, so the 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 market share could grow. Yeah, so that's why they're always mm. going for it, and the, yeah. that's why they're always going to invest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on the Coca-Cola. Of course. Go ahead, sorry. No, no. Um, like the question is, how important is marketing? Is definitely one of the number one uh, factors for growth. You will never grow unless people know about you. Exactly. And it's that simple. Yeah. 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 Whatever you sell, hey man, I sell mm, Save the Planet stickers. Yeah. You can sell as much as you want if nobody knows about your sick yeah, stickers. Yeah, yeah. You can have the best product in the world and nobody exactly. knows about it, you're not going to sell. Yeah. Exactly. People say a good product yeah. sells itself, but it doesn't. A good product, what, the, what it does is a good product retains itself or retains the customer exactly. you know so you, you still have to sell it once so people hear about it and yes if it's a brilliant people uh, product people are going to talk about it and they're going to recommend it to friends that's, and yeah, it's going to yeah. have a network effect but yeah, you yeah, still yeah. have to sell it of course yeah. yeah that's the best mixture you know having a product that can create that network effect mm -hmm. and at the same time mixing it with the marketing which will expedite that network effect yeah if yeah. you think about it yeah and that, that that's awesome so what's one of the craziest billboards that you guys have ever had a client, you know, ask or request or post? Oh, God. <laughs> do do, do you guys have also just a follow-up a follow <laughs> yeah. question to this one? Do you guys ha ever have any, like, um, I know you guys talked about the Andrew Tate one, but other than that, any billboards that clients want to request that don't get accepted? Yeah, a lot. Plenty. A lot? Yeah. Okay, so tell me some yeah. of the craziest ones. Listen, we've uh, actually ran ads for Anonymous. Yeah. Which Anonymous had some stuff. Surprisingly, really? that it got like the, the, the hacker group. Oh yeah. wow! It was surprisingly that the landlord accepted it. But yeah. hey, we send almost everything to the landlords. Sometimes it gets through. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, 
we've had a we had very s- well disguised dick <laughs> that got rejected. <laughs> There is well, no kind of way. In the background. There is yeah. no way. Yeah. One of the things that we want to do now is uh, launch a challenge to see yep. what's the dumbest and craziest shit we can put on a billboard and go <laughs> with it because the human creativity is limitless. It's ridiculous, yeah. yeah. But we've had a lot of crazy stuff. So these are the tame ones. Ones, a lot of them, so the process is we check them. So we have a team that checks the content. Then it goes to the landlord automatically. And if they approve it, it's set to run. Um, so apart from Anonymous, we've had like Snoop Dogg smoking weed on yeah, yeah. billboards in New York. We've had we've had quite a few, and the majority of them we reject because they're very extreme. We've had a few... Um, Political, uh, political ads. Some from the Middle East. Some from conflict zones that were pushing one agenda or the other, and they never ended up running. But there are people who are trying to, you of know, course. yeah, get on billboards. So we've had some really violent messaging submitted. Yeah, yeah, never approved ridiculous. and it never ran. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's something. Yeah, it's not visual, but just the message itself yeah, was yeah, really yeah. really aggressive. Um, what else? We've had a lot of startups. There was. Uh, there was this startup that had to kind of uh, change their messaging a bit. The one with the review, uh, the reviews. Yeah. Uh, there was this company that was posting negative reviews about itself on the billboard, <laughs> <laughs> which was hilarious. Exactly. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. No and they were way. Like, Why? Our comp- just to get attention, you know. Yeah. What were one, they posting? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Somebody said something like, "This company is shit," and they had like the, <laughs> the overall average was like four point nine. But one guy was really pissed, and they took that review and put it on a billboard. That's awesome. And That's said, awesome. We have a four point nine average. Here's one review: This company sucks. <laughs> That's <laughs> Which awesome. Was That's so awesome. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's ridiculous. Space Invaders on NASDAQ. Oh, yeah. Which was, uh, with, uh, I mean, like, NASDAQ has all the, the windows. Yeah. And there was this uh, antivirus company or security company uh, that were basically defeating all sort of vulnerabilities. So they decided to do a Space Invader. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, very smart. We've had fans that were pitching, uh, were pitching Disney for various uh, Star Wars content. Uh, we've had uh, so someone was pitching. They did a, they did a creative for Na- for uh, for Nasdaq, I think it was. They did an animation uh, asking Disney, please make a new uh, Ray series. Disney never replied to that. They though. never did. Yeah. They never did. But yeah. they should now. They <laughs> should. <laughs> Disney, if you're listening. Somebody booked Bob Iger. Come back out of retirement. Yeah, come back, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had, uh, funny enough, entertainment is pretty popular with fan groups uh, that are... Um, Especially we get a lot of um, uh, Asian fan groups that are celebrating, uh, uh, for example, K-pop artists. You know, it's their birthday and they put it, they put them up on a billboard at their cost just to say happy birthday various wow. artists, you know. Yeah. That's, that happens a lot in South Korea, but they've started doing it internationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, U.S. is one of their main attractions. But yeah. we've, we, we've had clients done it with us in, in the U.K., in France, in Italy. It's, it's pretty crazy. 
Um, we have a lot of startups that are trying to hack. You know, like Nasdaq is actually yeah. on Nasdaq. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it says like Nasdaq big on it, and a bunch of startups. Like I would say, eight yep. out of ten startups go Nasdaq. Congratulates X for raising. <laughs> You're not. They're they're yeah, yeah, rejecting yeah. that content. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't be but making that claim. To, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I get the. Nasdaq congratulates you, but that's funny. Yeah, 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 we've yeah. had we've had someone uh, pitching. Uh, I actually don't know if he got the job. We had we had someone uh, pitch themselves to SpaceX because one of the billboards we have connected <laughs> is right next to the SpaceX factory, <laughs> and they did something like uh, <laughs> hire me Elon or something. I have no idea what happened. Uh. Um, then back in the day, obviously it's slowed down now. But we had a lot of crazy crypto stuff, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and a lot of NFT stuff that was just way over the top. Yeah. And you yeah. mentioned uh, Snoop, so I was gonna ask you too: What celebrities have you guys worked for? I mean, worked with uh, in the past? Uh, quite a few over the past uh, year. So I, I think our first uh, our first major one was Snoop. I think um, then we started working. Uh, we worked with Kanye West. Uh, we worked with uh, Alicia Keys. We worked with Chance the Rapper. Uh, Pusha T, we have a couple of more that are coming up now, big uh, big companies, uh, big, uh, sorry, artists. Um, mostly anything from either Universal Music or Rock Nation or, um, what's the other one? Um, or other record labels. There's That's awesome. Record label. yeah, I, I think for Ye, you guys worked with the Donda album drop, right? That and a oh, couple more as a well. A couple of yeah. albums, okay. Yeah, that was yeah, the first That's one. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What's... Um, so I don't know if you guys mind me asking this or you guys want to answer this. It's up to you guys if it's disclosed information or not. But what would be like an average price for for a billboard, depending on the billboard? Like, let's say I want to get the one on the Nasdaq, right? Yeah. On a day that's not too busy, but how much could I get it for? That's the beauty. That's public information. So okay. The, uh, so basically, the the average price per play, depending on the billboard that you pick, the hour, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is anywhere between $1 to $450, basically. So you can find billboards in Times Square that are as cheap as... uh, The the standard that we have is 10 plays per hour. So you have to book, you know, hourly slots, and you have to book 10 plays per hour. How long is each play? Depending on the screen, but anywhere from 8 to 15 seconds, because it's a loop, essentially, right? So if you have a 15-second ad, it's going to run... 10, 10 times. 10 times so in that specific 150 hour. seconds, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh. So, and the standard that we have now on the platform, just so we, you know, get people to uh, get a bit more used to buying this type of uh, uh, channel, is we've imposed 100 plays, basically. A lot of them are imposed by the landlord, especially in iconic locations like Times Square. So like, that would be the minimum? That would be the minimum on most of them. But 100 plays can mean $20, even in Times Square. We have screens that are in Times Square, and 100 plays equal like $20. Even and even or less exactly um and the majority of the spectacular units they're anywhere between i would say eight hundred dollars to three thousand four thousand dollars something like that you have some that are more that are uh, some have higher minimums some have like the most spectacular ones uh have like 16k minimum or 22k minimums um but that's that's kind of the that's kind of the range. But the range, yeah, it just varies, right? You can the get the beauty them is you can find something for your yeah. budget, and that's yeah, what, of course, exactly. Which sure, is we're not going to be able to put everyone up for ten bucks on Nasdaq, right? Yeah. But so that has its own minimum, but it's still the best minimum that you can get. And yes. what we've what we've realized is, 
our whole model works and it's literally the most affordable way to buy short-term campaigns. We tell this to our clients because sometimes, you know, big agencies out of home buyers will come to us and say, oh, I have a three month long campaign. Why wouldn't I go directly to the landlord? And we tell them, go directly to the landlord. That's yeah. the point. When we have short-term campaigns, we've had this, we had this situation uh, with Gap, for example, that already had an established out-of-home campaign, but they wanted to add something on top for the launch because you obviously want the launch to hit harder than the ongoing campaign. And they but wanted global. And w they wanted global in like 11 countries, and they didn't have time to set anything up with the agency, and they didn't have the same budget already available. So they had a smaller budget available, but they wanted something that they can use in social media after, so they wanted footage for it, and we were able to get that live in 48 hours. No agency in the world will be, even us, if we were an agency, we wouldn't be able to do that yeah. if we didn't have our own tool to do it. You know? Of course. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome, man. W where would you say that the most expensive billboard in the world would be? Is it Times Square? Or no, it's no. not. I think you guys told me somewhere I else. It's Burj Khalifa, no? Yeah, it's Burj Khalifa yeah. and Piccadilly Circus in London. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. What about London? Uh, Piccadilly Circus. Oh, that's yeah. Piccadilly Circus yeah. in London. That's okay. the most expensive uh, one, and yeah, Burj Khalifa is the most expensive kind of per minute. Okay, if you gotcha. it, yeah, it's an entire building. It is an yeah, entire building. No, it's huge. So you get the whole billboard in the entire yeah. building. Yeah. Yeah. How much yeah. would that run for? That's roughly a hundred k, I think. Yeah. Per minute, something yeah. like that for two minutes or three minutes or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forget exactly. Sheesh. Yeah, but it's somewhere <laughs> between two to five, and it's yeah, yeah, around yeah. 100k. Wow. Yeah, that's but ridiculous. A lot of them, a lot of the brands that have done that, and a lot of crypto have done Burj Khalifa. It's mostly for the PR value. Of exactly. It. It's of not course. For the awareness. Take itself. the picture of exactly. the Burj Khalifa. Look at my ad on yeah. the Burj Khalifa. Look yeah. at the credibility that this gives. You're me. building trust. Exactly. exactly. So people, uh, the the people who use billboards the best are the ones who already have kind of a grasp on their marketing of course. and they understand what they're missing. Maybe yeah. they have good reach, but they don't have credibility and they need to show something. And that's why a lot of crypto companies bought billboards because yeah, they need yeah, to yeah. build credibility exactly. to show that they're not just another project yeah. that is trying to shield people, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's an awesome and interesting space. Yeah, and the, the way that you guys are innovating there and disrupting there is pretty interesting, right? Just changing that, looking at that whole market, seeing the... You know, I, I love the story, right, as well, that you guys went, saw the billboards, saw that it isn't as efficient as it could be, that it, it's yeah. not, it's only for the large corporations to be able to utilize these, like, mar this marketing strategy, right? And you said, all right, let me find a way to give it to a small business. I think that's a beautiful yeah, idea, I mean, and I think those are the businesses that succeed. Diversifying yeah. uh, an industry that, you know, we actually never looked at or cared about working with the the big brands we don't care about going into price battles or different battles with other agencies or uh, landlords or whatever they should continue to do their stuff it's fine it, it should exist yeah but uh, what also should exist is the ability of everybody to use this medium it's yes. a damn shame that it was locked for so long. Because if you look at Google, you look at Facebook, you look at all these giants that grew on access to small and medium businesses, when you get 70 to 80% of your revenue coming from the little guys spending 50 bucks, 100 bucks, but there's millions of them, you know? Just 
let people have a voice because we talked about the ability to express your exactly. opinion or communicate. Yeah, yeah. Let people use this medium as well. The small guy. Exactly. Yeah. And the problem if you only focus on the big guys for the for the landlords and for the agency, it's a zero sum game because you're just fighting against each other and one day you're selling the same thing at a discount, the next day the other guy is selling the same thing at a discount. And then you start kind of making up stuff in order to differentiate yourself from the other guy. Because essentially, you're two guys selling one product, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a sales process. That's what it is. If you're not adding any tech to it, if you're not really changing the way it's being done, it's fine being a salesman. Don't get me wrong. They're the the lifeblood of any capitalist country. But if you're the if you're the core representative of an industry, you need to do better. You know, you need to not just sell the same thing. And start adding a lot of the, a lot of the innovations that have happened in digital out of home are the kind of the same ones that have been happening for a while. They're just kind of framed a bit differently so they can differentiate in terms of all the big traditional buyers because you have basically a hundred big companies. Like okay, let's say five hundred. You have Fortune five hundred, and those are eighty percent of the out of home industry right now, and everybody's fighting for that eighty percent. Instead of thinking, okay, how can we grow the industry? Because the exactly. the overall percentage, and that's interesting with us, because ninety plus percent of the money that we generate is not generated from the out of home budget. It's usually an opportunity budget. It's something that they had in their marketing budget. Uh, and I'm talking about bigger brands now. The small ones, the, obviously, they don't have an out of home budget, so it's the first time they're doing it. But even smaller companies, uh, even bigger companies, they're like, okay, I have my out of home budget, which is whatever, a hundred mil. But I want to do this, so I'm going to find 100K somewhere else because this is interesting and I want to yeah. try this. And I'm, we're talking about big brands. And that's the way you kind of grow an industry, you know? And the same way Booking did it for hotels, essentially. Yeah, right? yeah, it was yeah. a different way of doing the same thing. You guys found the blue ocean, essentially. You guys, you know, yeah. found your own customer base that was not a customer base beforehand. No, definitely it's, uh, it's the harder road, right? Building yeah. something of out of nothing, it's always a pain in the ass to do. But uh, on the long term, I think it's the right decision. I mean, yeah. that's our bet. <laughs> if you have patience, blue ocean is always the good strategy. Yes. But it, it does require the hardest thing of all, and that's changing behavior. Exactly. And changing behavior, you know, they, they, you always say in marketing that if you wanna if you wanna be successful, don't try to change a behavior. Try to adapt to a behavior that already exists. Yeah. Because that's the toughest thing, and if you go like if you go in a blue in a blue ocean market, then you have to do that, and that's gonna take years. Yeah, yeah and yeah. we've been working on this for a while. It started. We've officially been doing it since 2018, but it was always kind of in the back of our mind, and we did some stuff, and we were kind of learning the market. Um, but it really blew up over the past couple of years when we finally found kind of the right way to reach people and uh, get the word out. Yeah, but the beauty of it, you know, going into a blue ocean strategy is. It's a long-term game, and true business is a long-term game, right? The more you can defer, like, short-term gratification, the mm. more successful you'll become in the long-term. That's what a lot of people don't understand, and it's like that in every single business, right? It's thinking in the long-term. You know, all these businesses, like if you look at Amazon or Apple, right, they're thinking very long-term, and that's their strategy, and they're sticking to that strategy the same way you guys are as a startup, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the best way to go. Let's talk about uh, the billboard. I mean, the 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 flying billboard that I think you guys told me a little bit about last time we talked and I I know you guys posted about it a, a week or two ago yeah yeah uh, you guys finally announced it but tell me all about that so it's we've always said that at the end of the day 
a few years from now, we'd like to say that every digital billboard on the planet can be booked through Blindspot, you know? Um, and that means a, a variety of different formats. And we realized, okay, we started with traditional uh, digital billboards, then we went to indoor screens in malls, then screens in supermarkets, then screens on the water, because we have the uh, boats here in Miami as well. Um, then screens everywhere. And we realized there's been the conversation about screens in space, uh, if, you, if, if you've <laughs> ever seen it. about yeah. Who's going to uh, see those? <laughs> uh, apparently, they're going to kind of blanket hey, the sky. So We yeah. actually were the first ones to pitch it back yeah. in 2018 to I Burger that. King. Yeah, to uh, send the, the burger to space. Yeah, oh. And a billboard. Yeah. And a billboard. And oh, wow. Billboard. So, oh, Elon, funny. we're the first. <laughs> Elon, if you're watching. <laughs> yeah. Elon, tune in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, uh, so we were like, okay, uh, we're always on the lookout for new formats. And uh, we just had the opportunity. Someone talked to us about blimps. And we we're like, okay, blimps are kind of static. They're old school. They're not something that we're really interested in. It it can work for a big brand if they're flying it over the Super Bowl or something. But it's not the type of format that we work with because we always want to do something that is flexible in terms of investment. I don't want to sell a blimp for $2 million and then, you know, get it, sell it to one brand and then forget about it. And the guy that, w- uh, the guy that we were talking about was like, no, 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 this is a digital blimp. I want to put a screen on it. And I'm all for getting mid-sized companies there. So I, I want to find a way to do it. And he found out about us and we're like, I like you guys. I like the approach that you have to the space. Let's talk and do something. And we started working on this and then we realized, hey, it's something that Obviously, it's not going to be as cheap as a billboard that's already there and might cost 20 bucks. But if it's digital, we can frame it uh, in a way that even a mid-sized company could afford it without having to break the bank, you know? Because, again, a static blimp will cost you millions of dollars yeah. if, you, if you get it. Uh, this one can be anywhere from 30K to 200 plus if you want it for a month or more, Right. And this is something that has never been done before, right? If you if you tell someone who is in the out-of-home space, I can get you on a digital... And we've had this reaction from agencies, right? Because we're talking to big brands as well. And we've be, we've gone to out-of-home agencies and we've presented the opportunity. We're like, hey, this is the this is the blimp. Pricing starts at 30K and they freeze. And they're like, what do you mean 30K? I'm like, that's the minimum buy for it. Is, it used is, to be million. Yeah. <laughs> is it that... Wait, you mean like per hour and there's yeah, a minimum yeah, yeah. of 10 hours so it's like half a million right yeah. like no it is 30k, 30K. <laughs> wow and that's yeah that's yeah, yeah. what that's what, how the blimp came to life just the opportunity we wouldn't have done it normally because it's something that is clearly a spe- special project and it's it's a fit for events it's, it's, we're launching it on black friday so basically it's super interesting for uh, e-commerce businesses that want to focus a lot on black friday um, then it's going to be really interesting during the Super Bowl. It's going to be interesting for a lot of stuff. But it's different compared to our normal. We don't even kind of consider yeah, but it. But then you know? again, but it's spectacular. And it's, it is exciting board, as well. Come and it, on. Yeah. <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So where are you guys going to fly it? Uh, it's going to be on the West Coast okay. uh, this year. So basically, um, it's going to fly between um, um, L.A., uh, San Francisco mostly, Vegas. I think these are going to be the three main okay. markets, but any, anything in between as well. Awesome. Um, and probably next year, it's going to come. It's going to definitely be um, uh, at the Super Bowl during, uh, during, uh, during the Super Bowl. And then it's probably going to come to the East Coast. Okay. Yeah. Got it. That's awesome. That's 
Awesome. So maybe next year, Art Basel, Miami. It's gonna yeah, be yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. I want you guys to tell me a little bit about the future of Blindspot. We've talked about the way you guys got started, what you guys are doing right now. Where do you guys see yourself in the next five to ten years? <laughs> um, so we just closed a round, uh, an investment round that uh, we want to use to take it to the next level and grow a bit our market share. Um, one big challenge and one big target for us in the next two years is uh, Asia. We have a lot of demand from Asia and for Asia as well. But um, that's a little bit trickier to generally connect right now. How come? Different systems, different ways of doing bil- uh, business. Uh, They're not huge fans of transparency. You know, it's kind of a closed market. And surprisingly, yeah. technology. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're way older, old school than West Europe yeah. or, or the US. And they kind of prefer to sell tech rather than use tech. You know, yeah. they're not they're not gonna. And it was the same when I lived in Seoul. Like the that's the right. Tech, you lived in, in yeah. The, the tech that you would see there in some places, obviously in high profile places, was amazing. But the day to day, you know, consumer tech was kind of old school. It worked. It was okay, but it was kind of, kind of old school because they would ra- they would rather use that to sell it to the US or yeah, sell it to other they markets. They were manufacturing you know? all yeah. the. How is how's life in South Korea? Tell me a little bit about that. It's really fun, honestly. The it's first, fun. I stayed there for like a, a year and a half or something like that. Um, the first six months were great, like really, really great. Uh, I was considering moving there. I started learning Korean. I was like, okay, this is the place to be. Um, in time, though, you realize it's kind of, um, the good parts are, are kind of fabricated. You know, it's something that you see, it's the t- tourist version of yes, South Korea, you know, and they have this thing, they're very proud, um, Koreans are very proud of their country, and they will present a very nice version uh, of the country to you if you're, if you're new there. But the more, you, the more time you spend there, the more time you start to see kind of the uh, negative sides of it. So I have a lot of friends, for example, expats who ha- have been in South Korea for like a decade or more. They speak perfect Korean by this point, and they say they still haven't been accepted you know, into society. They're still they're closed. Yeah, Society, yeah. Right. There's still the the white girl that speaks Korean. You know, she's never gonna be. Yeah, she's never gonna be Karen, a Korean you know? yeah, girl. Yeah, or she's never gonna. Then she's always gonna be the weird one of the group. You know, yeah, she's gonna be, yeah. yeah. This is Karen. She's from France and she speaks. Uh, she speaks Korean. It's fine. No, <laughs> they're always gonna be. You know, present you like you're yeah, some yeah. kind of French weird, girl. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, that's that's what you. I guess that would happen in Romania as well. You know, because. Yeah. If you, if you have, move to Romania, you mean? No, if, if you would have a, a South Korean that would move to Romania, it would be the same thing because you yeah. don't see that many. Yeah, I think I think the United States is probably the only country that one uh, of the few. Uh, one of the yeah. few. Uh, yeah. It's very few, right? A country that you can you can come in as any race, any ethnicity, and you could become an American. Parts of the U.S. Part of the U.S. <laughs> yeah. yeah, parts of the U.S. Well. Yeah. But it's definitely you know, like it's easier, right? It's yeah, not like yeah. it's easy because it's not. You're always going to be looked down upon or looked in a certain way based on what people think about it and prejudice. Yeah. But I think, yeah, the U.S. is way more flexible and you still have a chance. Yeah. Whereas in other places, I've heard, like in South Korea, I've heard really bad stories about, and I, I've i been through this as well. Sometimes people would bring me to meetings just because they wanted me to be the diversity hire, basically. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my Yeah, Because yeah, you, you are the diversity hire there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I kind of... I kind of that was like my very 
brief and uh, safe glimpse of what it feels like to kind of be discriminated again in a very light manner and nothing too extreme but I, I, I understand why it's so uncomfortable now a bit more after living in, in yeah. South Korea. So again, okay. it's great. I wouldn't spend the rest of my life there, but I would recommend to anyone to go there for like six months and try it out. Um, it's good for business as well, but you need to have a, a business that fits their market. For us, for example, it was difficult because the um, advertising market is very close circuit. So And they don't want to open it. It's always a who knows who kind of market. And we're... Like it used to be here. Like it used to be in the U.S. and other markets, and we're against that. We're like, you don't need to know so much. You just need to log in on, on this website, and it's free, and you can yeah, have yeah, a competitive yeah. That's edge. That's your whole selling point. Just like having a media agency, yeah. So that's how it's all. Okay. Uh, can you guys tell me the story? Um, I know you guys told me when we ate over there uh, the other day uh, of the, I think it was the car or the van that was driving around the uh, app with a, with a billboard or something. Yeah. That one's really funny. So yeah, what, what, that one what, made me die laughing. <laughs> what, what we love about our clients and what we do is that not just, okay, it's a media placement, but it matters where you put that placement and what you say on that placement. And we've had this great example of a client. Uh, they're a European company. Uh, it's, they're very similar to Backmarket, if you know Backmarket here. that They sell used phones, but okay. it's basically a curated version of it because okay. they check the phone, they make sure it's okay, they give you a warranty for like 12 months, and you get basically the closest thing you can to a new phone at a discount. And they do the same thing uh, back in Europe. So they had this idea <laughs> when uh, Apple launched uh, the iPhone 14. Uh, th- they asked us, do you guys have any billboards in Cupertino? We got a hint of what they want to do, but they were like, we, no, we don't have anything in Cupertino specifically, but we do have these LED trucks that we can okay. take anywhere, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're really affordable, and the cool part about it is that you can book it exclusively, so you're the only one running on that truck. And you can make your, up your own route and everything. And they ended up getting one of those trucks, taking it to Cupertino, and during the uh, official Apple event <laughs> with all the <laughs> press there and everything. <laughs> they ran like 20 different creatives uh, making fun of, of Apple, of Apple <laughs> and of people just who are overspending on a new phone oh when goodness. they can just get a refurbished iPhone 13, which oh is the same goodness. as an iPhone 14, as we know anyway. Yeah, yeah. So basically their messages were something like, uh, hey guys, they were very really friendly, you know. They were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were like, hey guys, congrats on the launch. We're also launching uh, something very similar. It's the refurbished iPhone 14, <laughs> <laughs> and just running laps around the Cupertino. Just running laps around oh my the campus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. Uh, they got chased God. by security. Yeah, they got chased by security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It, it is a public space, but they were like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. move away. Yeah, you gotta get out of here. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> Apple City, whatever. Yeah, yeah but yeah, they worked, yeah. and we had they had a they had a, a film crew, a film crew, a guy with a camera with them, uh, who made some really good shots, and they then that exploded on social media locally, you know, because <laughs> they they got they got press with it, they got on national TV. Uh, they're a they're a European, they're a Romanian brand, but they're uh, expand they expanded to all of Europe. And they got on national TV in Europe. Like, it was crazy in Romania and other countries as well. I think it was Bulgaria or something. They got a lot of attention for something really small, you yeah, know? Yeah. And you'd al- you would also think, like, why would they do this? Because they don't sell their products in the U.S., so it makes no sense. But the thing is, that's content, you know? They, they of realize course. it's they actually... attacked Apple. 
yeah, they didn't even care if anybody would see it yeah. in front of Apple. It was just the content itself was bring interesting enough yeah, yeah, for people to talk about for it back home. Media, you know? Yeah, social, they could post yeah. it all over their social media. Look what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, we're so big and cool. And laps so, <laughs> exactly, and we're so cool. We're making fun of Apple in yeah, their yeah. home. Even we, we don't sell it exactly. in the U.S. We don't care. We're just making fun of them. Yeah, you know? yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, well, guys, it was a pleasure having you guys here. Thanks for uh, having us. Enjoy the conversation. I think our viewers got a lot of value, and I, I enjoyed it a lot as well. But before we finish the podcast, where could, uh, if a small business wants to contact you, wants to get a billboard done or something, where could they go? What could they do to, um, to do that? They, uh, the website is cblindspot.com. cblindspot.com. Yep. We'll put it up here. Uh, yeah. And or if they look up Blindspot Billboards. Blindspot Billboards. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it was a pleasure. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So much, Be here. Yeah.